Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I know Brother Motes is not here, but I give honor to him. And I thank him for asking me to speak with y'all for a little bit. I kind of honor and a privilege to stand behind this desk as a mouthpiece of the Lord. Amen. I don't take it lightly either. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You can also turn to Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, another familiar passage. Most probably even quote it. It's a study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Thank you for saying you may be seated. I mean, if I had to put a title on this, I, I battled back and forth on what I should call it or what I should title it. I spoke with Brother Judge. He says, no title. And I've thought about that too. But I keep going back to what I originally thought. How sharp is your sword? Chase, did you read my notes? <laughs> How sharp is your sword? Amen. I know uh, the, others, the other day, Brother Justin was talking about how he likes to make knives, and he asked for a, 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 a forge. Yeah, thank you, an anvil and all that good stuff. Well, there's a in, uh, there's videos I like to watch on uh, go to Facebook that little video section go to videos and there's a, there's a TV series called Forged in Fire and it's a competition where amateur blacksmiths get together and they compete for a prize I think it's $10,000 I'll go try to build an eye for $10,000 and uh, they build weapons they build, uh, when they first start, they are given raw material. Sometimes it's of their choice. Sometimes they are told you have to incorporate this into uh, your your weapon. And then they're told what kind of knife to build or to make. Uh, they do the knife. It's kind of a rough, uh, rough cut just to see if you can do it, meet the parameters, how long, how thick. And and then the second round, there's three rounds. The second round, they're designed to put a handle on it and make it a functional weapon. And then once it's cut down to two people, they are sent home to their own forges to create what they consider an iconic weapon from history. And it's a mystery weapon that they find out before they leave. And I've seen them do anything from a 
Scottish Claymore to a katana, you, you name it. And then they're sent back, and when they come back, their their weapon is sent through vigorous tests. Three different tests. They have a kill test to make sure it will do what it's supposed to do. A sharpness test and a strength test. The strength test is designed to see what your product is going to do to your weapon, not what your weapon does to whatever you're hitting. And then the sharpness test, can you can it cut something? And that's what I want to focus on is cutting, the cutting portion. If we look back in Hebrews, it said the word of God was quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. If I can find what I'm looking for. Technology, you got to love it. Sharpening a two-edged sword. I, I've seen, uh, you can take a sword, you can swing it. If it's dull as a butter knife, it's not going to cut you. Uh, you can take it, turn it on its side, and use it like a paddle, I guess, and smack you in with it. It's not going to cut you. If you don't sharpen it, it might cut you if you swing hard enough. Do more hacking and slashing than actual cutting. And that's what the word is designed to do. It's designed to cut into your thoughts, into your spiritual being. It's designed to cut and peel away the sin out of your life. But in order to use a sword, in order to cut with it, you have to prove your weapon. Ephesians 6, verse 18, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, I think it's 17. Yes, and says, uh, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. If you don't know how to properly use this, Brother Preston, come here please. If I do not know how to properly apply this, it's just like hitting him. It's not doing no good. It's just beating him up. If I tell him, if, if I use this without love, I can hurt, I can do more damage by hashing and slashing and hacking away than I can just taking that knife and carving. You know, they say, you know, I'll tell you, God is love, but then we're starting to judge him. Am I am I using effectively using the word? Am I cutting? In trimming, when trim the edges, we don't want to beat him up or beat the individual up. Proverbs twenty-seven, 
and 17. It says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. When you go to sharpen a sword, you don't take it outside and rub it across dirt or concrete. You take a sharpening stone, a file, a grinder, something that is hard, another piece of steel, and you sharpen it to get a razor edge and a sharp edge. And when you look at a friend, your countenance, you are that iron that sharpeneth iron. If I take the word and I throw it at you out of judgment, am I really sharpening iron? Or am I doing it to beat you down? Am I being pharisaical? Ten dollar word right there. Amen. But if I look at you and I say, "Hey, you know what you're doing? It may not be right. Let's let, let me let me pray with you. Let me help you. Let me pray for you. And not go tell somebody else. Hey, I got a prayer request for you. Don't want to gossip. Facebook is a gossip platform. Amen. Sometimes the telephone can be a gossip platform. Mm, preaching it myself here. So how do we how do we sharpen our sword? How do we sharpen our walk with God? Prayer affects your walk with God. I'm a Christian. I walk with God, but I don't. I don't spend time in prayer. I, I, I pray when I eat. Well, good. I don't think none of us pray enough. No, I don't. I'll be. I'll be, honest, I'll be open and honest. Fasting affects the work with God. I can I can miss a few meals, but you don't want to fast just to miss a meal, to lose weight, and definitely don't look at me. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. If you do that, you'll get your reward. Oh, he's holy. Look, he's fasting. Now you're getting his reward. But you do it in secret, and God will reward you openly. That's word. Living a holy life affects your work with God, walk with God. Come to church on Sunday, hoop, holler, and Monday get on the job site and hang around a group of guys or gals. That are, you would think we're on a ship of sailors, telling dirty jokes, showing dirty pictures, videos, laughing at them. It's 
Is that a holy life? Or are you just living a holy life in front of people that you want to try to impress? Bible reading affects your walk. If you don't use your sword, if you don't practice your sword, with your sword, you will be ineffective. How can, we're called to, we're called to witness. How can we witness if we can't use our sword, if we don't know how to use the sword? David, when he went to go fight Goliath, Saul gave him his armor, and David couldn't wear it because he hadn't proven it. He hadn't been tested. He hadn't tried it. The very way you speak to a person affects can affect them. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Nope, that's not it. Never mind. Wrote, wrote it down wrong. Yeah, the word it, it's the word says that life and death is in the power. The power of life and death is in the tongue, and that might be a misquote. I apologize for that. But it's the way you the way you talk to someone. No, oh, I'm doing that out of love. No, you're not. You cannot sit here and belittle. Was eighteen twenty one right? Mm. I went the right chapter. I was in twenty one. I was in twenty one. Twenty one. I had it written right, and it just went the wrong wrong place. Power, yeah, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. I wasn't crazy. Anyway, well, maybe. But the way you talk to someone, you know, you don't sit there and, and tell them, you're going to hell because you're doing this. You'll be with them, and because you just because you just judged. I mean, if you're not careful, you'll be with them. I'm not trying to make light or anything, but but if I tell you, hey, brother, I love you. I've seen I've seen this. Let me help you. You know, let me pray for you. You know, and you keep between you two. Then you're 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 lifting them up. You're praying for them and with them. And doing all this, you're you're studying to show yourself approved. In the Hebrews four and twelve, as I said, that the word of God will cut to the joints and the marrow. Funny thing about bone marrow. I looked it up. But bone marrow is where the red blood cells are created. 
A red blood cell has a lifespan of 120 days. Millions die and are created every second. Interesting fact. And so, so with the power of life and death is in your tongue. And we're supposed to use the word of God like a two-edged sword to cut to the marrow. Are we trying to kill somebody and drain them? Or are we trying to trim away like if you're you're gonna cook a piece of meat and the lean you trim away all the fat. Is that what we're doing? Do we need to try to trim the fat? I can trim some fat, okay. Amen. But you want to if you want to keep lean meat, you know you try try to trim away some of the bad stuff. And you, and that's what we're doing. That's what we need to do with the with the word we study to use it. We use that sword. We prove the sword. We prove our weapon. Amen. And I won't, I'm. Positions you can come. I'm, I won't be long. I don't want to. I don't want to ramble. If we can all gather up front.